This is Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week, we dig into Raw, SmackDown, recent pay-per-views, and wrestling news, plus all the random stuff we can't wait to talk about with each other and you. As always, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and on Twitter at WIF Girls Pod. With me, as always, is Abigail, and we are ready to talk about some wrestling. Oh, Lord, yeah. We are super ready, although I wish you would respect my podcasting name. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here with Jazzy FNA. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I had to start the podcast by doing a, a, a terrible shout out of part of war pigs because i had to hear that oh lord yeah so many times saturday monday yeah every day every day i'm hoping i never have to hear it again for the rest of my life i mean i hope that for you too but i feel (laughs) like as long as we're talking about this pay-per-view and it exists you may have to hear war pigs a few more times yeah i know All right, so we're going to, of course, talk a lot about the epic event that was Survivor Series, but first we want to talk about SmackDown last Friday. And doot-doot-a-loo, big announcement, Becky Lynch returns. The man is with us once again. (sighs) That was a really exciting moment. It was really nice. Um, I've been excited just in the general way for her to return. Yeah. Um, you know, I I depend on Hulu for SmackDown and they really drew it out to the last moment. So I actually <laughs> saw this after the pay-per-view. Really would have been nice to live that excitement in the moment, but it was still exciting. Still yeah. super exciting. It was really exciting. I looked up the t-shirt she had on. I looked into the WWE shop and it's called like Box Office Specs. What's the t-shirt name? I like it. I love her. I'm really happy to see her back. I also She's... noticed that Rhea looked like she definitely wanted to murder Becky. So I was getting very excited for Survivor Series just because of that. I mean, I feel like it's a kind of like a competitor attraction, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to you wanna fight the best. Yeah. And Becky is the man. So if Rhea wants to, uh, you know, in the immortal words of Ric Flair from whom this comes, if you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man. So that's Rhea's challenge now. I'm also very, very excited. Welcome back, Becky. Yeah. And Becky, you're always welcome to come on our show. So just give us a call. (laughs) You are a friend of the podcast and you have proven time and time again throughout your career that wrestling is for girls. Amen, sister. So Becky's back. That's very exciting. Um, jumping ahead a little bit through SmackDown because we have lots to say about Survivor Series. I want to hop ahead to Bray Wyatt. Yes. Because despite our complaints, we are fascinated with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we love to hate Bray enough. Wyatt on this podcast. <laughs> um, I have to tell you this little, as, as, if you don't mind if me telling this little story. Um, Not at all. My husband and I went to a hockey game like after thanksgiving and there's this moment like when they're introducing the team and i've this is the first time i've been to this team's like 
a game for this team. And when they're introducing the team, they like dim all the lights in the arena. And then everybody gets their phones out and turns on their flashlights. Fireflies. And my, my husband said, I'm not doing that. I don't want to accidentally summon Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we do not invite Bray Wyatt into this house or this arena. And I thought that was really funny and I had to share it with everyone. That's really wonderful. Isn't it? Yeah. So how'd you feel about Bray Wyatt this week? Okay, so one of the things that I think has defined your and my time watching wrestling together is your egregious complaints about the length of The Undertaker's entrance. <laughs> right? Oh, like, anger. Yeah. We would either, you'd come to my apartment or we'd go to Hooters, the greatest place on earth to watch wrestling. True. And when The Undertaker was coming out, you'd be like, it's time to smoke, it's time to poop, it's time to go have my tires rotated, and uh, there'll be plenty of time for me to come back and get to the match. And there always was. It's true. Um, I feel like Bray Wyatt's entrance is now officially longer than The Undertaker's. His music looped. Yeah. I'm wondering when they're... Because I feel like at some point they abbreviate the entrance, right? Because I remember... I hope. Finn Balor's demon entrance used to be really long. It was never yeah. Bray Wyatt long. It was never Undertaker long. But it was pretty long. So, And I feel like at some time they kind of like... You know, they cut it a little bit. Like they shorten it. But mm -hmm. my God, that's not happening anytime soon. Now, we are not going to skip to the good bit any time in the near future. Um, like, at one point, he was saying, like, it's hard for me to explain the burdens I've had to go through. And it's like, try. You have time. You could cut back your entrance a little. It's not like you have a match scheduled or anything. You've got time to talk through this. So he has, like, an extra 30 minutes of time he could, like, spend explaining things. I did want to point out yes. that there was a moment where I was very much aware of the topic of the paper that you're going to pitch to the pop culture association about Bray Wyatt. Yes. He says, that's not the man that I want to be anymore. So he's really struggling mm -hmm. with that, you know, sort of traditional male role that he's been thrust into. And now he's not sure what to do. No, I think it's really the truth. Like he also talks about like violence is the only language that I have ever shown you I can speak. Very profound. Like I think, you know, he's really addressing the terrible pain of being perceived by a gaze that poorly defines him. Yet he has no alternative definition for himself. That's true. Do you think he wrote bad poetry in high school? I, I think there's a chance he writes bad poetry now. <laughs> I say that with a lot of empathy as someone who does a lot of shit writing in her personal life. Like, you know. You've never inflicted yes, bad definitely. poetry on me, though. Uh, aesthetic question. When mm. he was, like, in the ring, he kind yes. of looked like he had metal like a grill on the on his bottom teeth i don't know if that was just the lighting but his bottom teeth were very glinty interesting i didn't notice this it was driving i me wish insane, i had but i don't oh it could have just been a lighting thing because that that blue light that they use for a lot of stuff really messes with how that's true things, i think so he might not have had a grill that doesn't seem very bray wyatt but it doesn't but i i mean i like the idea that he's experimenting with style you know i do too because he needs to. Absolutely. And then Howdy Absolutely. appeared, right? Came in and mm -hmm. ruined the whole night. And, Our guy. And that was that was about it, right? 
Yeah, and I, I think that was about it, except that, you know, then we went back to Bray's uh, favorite nemesis at the moment, our good friend, L.A. Knight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you for uh, mentioning him. So the <laughs> I appreciate L.A. Knight's, like, energy. I You know, mm-hmm. he's, like, very intense, and he's into what he's doing. And I don't remember who he was speaking to. I forgot who was backstage with him. But he said, if you ain't talking about me, then you ain't talking. So let me talk to you. Yes. <laughs> I yes. Like, I was like, that was a that was a mouthful, Ellie Knight. What is what's going on there? But it made me laugh. No, I feel like Ellie Knight does make me laugh. And I feel like he's sort of. You know, maybe the core of their conflict is that he's not ready to let go of toxic masculinity. He's still very comfortable in this role. He's absolutely they can't coexist. Yeah. There was a I moment also, when I thought he said, I'm sorry, I thought he said I, no. I he was under a pile of bread. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he was saying he was under a pile of bray. I don't know, but it's oh, like he said he was under a pile of bread. He was making a joke. It was a really bad dad joke about, so he said he was under a pile of Bray and he meant like garbage or trash. Ah, okay. And then he kind of had to explain it to the (laughs) interviewer. (laughs) Right. It's like, if you find yourself explaining the joke, it didn't work. I'm sorry. That's true. But I, do you feel like maybe this is a, this is a claim or shame the kink moment for them? Like, what if their kink is Bray leaving L.A. Knight in weird scenarios where he's <laughs> piled under things and is then discovered publicly? He has like a exhibitionist pile kink. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta shame that kink because it's messy and it's confusing and I feel icky thinking about it. I also don't know how safe it is to just keep ending <laughs> up under piles of things. And I feel like, you know, safety is a big part of that. Yeah. So I'm going to shame it as well. I mean, safe, sane, consensual. It's certainly not sane. (laughs) Nothing with Bray is sane. It does not feel safe. And I mean, can you really consent to being buried under garbage? I don't, I guess. (laughs) Or under bread. (laughs) Depending on on who's listening. (laughs) If I had to be buried under something, bread is a great choice. I wonder how much bread you'd need to be buried under for it to actually do you harm. Well, I mean, I guess the exact amount of weight it takes to crush the human sternum, right? I guess. Like organ damage bread. What a way to go. (laughs) 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 Moving on from uh, L.A. Knight and his pile of bread. (laughs) Big moment between Sammy and K.O. Yes. And I felt this very deeply. Um, because I was very excited. I mean, I always like to see Sammy and KO interact. We've talked about that, but yeah, it's a backstage situation. KO is approaching Sammy, and we see Jay creeping, <laughs> creeping on the side of the screen. Out, you know, listening outside the of their uh, dressing room door. Crouching Jay, hidden Uso <laughs> tonight on so SmackDown. Weird. I wanted to say it looked like Sammy may have brushed his hair and potentially trimmed his beard. So I think your letter to dad may have gotten through. 
Yeah, I, and you know, I think it's interesting that that's the issue he chose to focus on when, as we'll discuss later in the podcast, there were so many other things that I really wish he had taken my input on seriously. Ooh, I'm looking forward to hearing about those. It's like, uh, you know, you have a fight with your spouse and they fix the smallest of your demands while still doing the thing that irritates you the most. Uh, that's where we are now. But um, yeah, I do. I when I saw Sammy, I was like, you look so nice with your tidy hair and your groom beard. You're a nice looking man, Sammy Zane. <laughs> you clean up nice, Sammy Zane. Yes, you're handsome. My goodness. It's okay. I was trying to get Sammy to flip on the bloodline before the bloodline flips on Sammy. It's it's so compelling because of who KO is, right? And I mean, yeah. we get into more of that later, but like he's a dude who can't keep friends. He's not a good friend. He's a betrayer, but he also has this like lifetime connection with Sammy. And he also says Sammy's name in his cute little Canadian accent, like Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> um, so like you want to, like you want to believe in him and you want to believe that he believes in him, but because it's KO, it could also all just be like mind game effery. Yeah. absolutely. You know, that's what makes it so good and so heartrending. Yeah, it's one thing I like about wrestling is like I can't, I can't trust anybody anymore in wrestling. It's just yes. like something horrible is going to happen at any second. So but mm-hmm. that's what's fun about it. Absolutely, the intrigue. And of course, we'll see this bear fruit in Survivor Series once we get there. Delicious fruit. I am not trying to rush through SmackDown, but I, I, I am jumping ahead a little bit because. I want to get to Survivor Series, but I do have to say there was a little Shayna and Rhonda situation backstage. They attacked Raquel and slammed her arm into like some kind of case. And it looked, I mean, you don't see the actual, you see the slamming, but you don't see any actual impact. But like later Mm -hmm. when she's in the ring, there's definitely a red area on her arm. Yeah. And... At one point, when she like comes running back into the ring to save her friend who's being attacked viciously, as per usual, um, there was like a moment where Shayna had Raquel's arm, like her hand flat on the mat and her mm-hmm. arm kind of up, and then she just like jumped down on her arm, and like I have to wonder. It looked extremely horrible when I saw it. It looked excruciating, yeah. Like, given that, and given the fact that, like, a couple of weeks ago, she busted Natalia's nose, I'm just wondering, like, how great of a safe wrestler Shayna Baszler is, because her career before wrestling was, like, I'm actively trying to bust people's noses and break people's arms. And I know that there's, like, there are some wrestlers who, like, really have to practice and learn to do wrestling the right way right not to actively harm someone so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just curious what you think about that so you know I feel like even though I really like Shayna Baszler I don't know I don't feel comfortable saying I can make a decision on that from my own perspective like I feel like this is a bit of theater because later and I can't remember if it's later on SmackDown or at the pay-per-view or on Raw, but we see that x-ray of Raquel's arm and it's like hugely separated, but there hasn't been any announcement of Raquel like taking time off or being out, which means she's not legitimately injured. Right. Um, So I personally have not gotten the sense 
that Shayna Baszler is a hazard to others. Now, do I think she's a stiff worker in the sense that, like, you know, she hits hard, she throws you hard, um, you know, she might not, she might not be pulling her punches to the degree that some other performers are. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible, especially coming from her background. But I think you can be a stiff worker and also be a safe worker. So given the given the theater, I mean, you know, Raquel is taken to, although I noticed Raquel did get, to, yeah, did get taken to a hospital, not a local medical facility, as we used to say in the Vince years. Um, I feel like given the theater around it, I feel pretty confident saying that like Raquel is okay and Shayna is not out here like either purposefully or ignorantly hurting everybody. Okay. Those are my feelings. I think that makes sense. I agree. I also really like Shayna's shirt. I don't know if you noticed yeah. it. Yeah. It's a pretty cool shirt. Mm-hmm. I don't love the color of the shirt. It goes along with the Toll House cookie packaging that I spoke right. about before because I kind of want to buy the shirt, but I don't know <laughs> that I will. So next we had Seamus. Yes. And my countryman, Drew. Uh, the king versus, of the Scots versus the Usos. I don't know why it's funny every time to me, but it really is. Um, at this point, Jay is just like so done with Sammy. He's so done with Sammy. Like, <laughs> He's had I don't enough. Know how, I don't know how he hasn't murdered him up to this point because it's just like. He's so over it. And one thing I notice is like sometimes it feels like to me that when like. Sammy's like really cheering somebody on. He's like all over him. He's like patting him and like, you know, pumping him up. He's being the hype man. It feels like he's a bit of a like clingy significant other that you're just like, okay, I need, I need a couple feet of space. I need a Mm -hmm. few breaths. It's just like too much dude. Like his enthusiasm, I I feel like would be trying. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a that's a legitimate size of this side of this character, right? Like, yeah, he like 100% stands the bloodline. He's super into it. He's an honorary use. He's completely fucking annoying because you're like, Sammy, sit down and be quiet for five minutes. Stop touching me. Stop dancing. Stop yelling. I know. It's like, do you have to go to the bathroom? Is that what's happening? (laughs) Do you need a minute, buddy? Go potty. It's okay. Come back. We'll still be here. No, I feel that. Um, and then Sammy got kicked out, which we don't see very often. No, but, you know, he was too extra. He was too extra on Friday night. <laughs> Everyone was over it. Everyone was over it. Ultimately, um, the Brutes won the match. They, well, they had the advantage. I yes. Say, at Survivor Series, which is a big deal, right? So having the advantage at Survivor Series can make all the difference. I also... I want to touch on some really insightful and important commentary from Wade Barrett during this match. (laughs) Please do. When he described Drew McIntyre as, and I quote, 275 pounds of Scottish beef. (laughs) I didn't hear that. Oh. It's awkward, buddy. Well, it's like before he's like, I'm so glad this Scotsman decided to like sack up and cheer on an Englishman. This Scottish piece of beef that it's like, okay, buddy, Wade, you've got to figure out what's going on here. I need you to read between the lines. You've got to, you've got to embrace post-colonial thinking and just <laughs> not make 
Drew, the cow of the colonies. <laughs> Maybe we should just say Drew McIntyre, cow of the colonies. Okay, it has King a ring Scots. to it. Yeah, the Scots, cow of the colonies. I like it. I also had a, a question for you because of a a move that Seamus did where he just he delivered a vicious knee to someone. Okay, I might have missed it. Well, when he does that, don't you think it's a lost opportunity that we don't call it the fella knee? Oh, man. The Why fella knee. That's got to go in your letter to dad this week. <laughs> dad, I need you to get a message to Seamus. Dear dad, I know we're not exactly speaking right now, but this is really important and I'm breaking enemy lines. You absolutely need to get that to you. Like, that's so good. Thank you. The felony. Oh, it's so good. If you need a dumb pun, I'll be here all week and the oh, rest yeah. of the month and the whole year. I love that so much. I am into it. Same. Into the dumb puns. <laughs> Don't <laughs> let it be the end of the dumb puns. Never. Shall we... Um, close the door on Smackdown and open the door on Survivor Series. Is it time for us to become the war pigs? Oh, man. Yeah. I'd rather be time. one of the witches at Black Masses. That's fair. That's okay. fair. Thank you. So Survivor Series, first of all, I have to say, I love the shit out of it. I had a little, lot of fun watching it. It's a good time. Very good time. The first match was the women's um, war games match, and basically... I don't want to say it ruined every other match for me, but this was the match of the night for me, and it was incredible. Yes, yeah, same. I feel like, so I think there's an idea that I have had for a long time, and I think it's more of an old school way of doing things that like the card gets progressively better and more important. Uh-huh. And I think what we've seen recently in a lot of booking is that we kick off with uh, what the Brawl and Brutes would call a banger. Mm-hmm. And then it's banger after banger after <laughs> banger, you know? But there's not this sense of like, we start with something no one cares about and we escalate to something people care about a little. Like, yeah. no, we put our best foot forward and we just try to keep the momentum going yeah. from there. So, I mean, this did set the tone for the night and I'm with you. Like, it was one of my favorite things that happened. It was great. So as a reminder, it was Becky, Alexa, Asuka, Mia and Bianca. Mm-hmm. Team Bianca. Rhea, Nikki, Dakota Kai, Eosky, and Pele. Mm-hmm. Team Damage Control. When I was watching Bianca, I mean, because she started the match, um, she and Dakota were the first ones out. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Watching her wrestle... And knowing that Charlotte's going to come back at some point. I mean, they keep advertising Charlotte. Yeah. She's coming back at some point. I would love to see Bianca and Charlotte have some kind of feud because I feel like athletically, remembering how Charlotte was, like, I feel like they would be really physically matched for one another. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think so, too. They're both so athletic. They're both so powerful physically. Mm -hmm. And I think they're both able, they're able to kind of blend a lot of styles where you're going to see some high flying, you're going to see some real power moves. Um, I would love to see them feud, 100%. I think it would be so fun. And I Um, feel like Charlotte's sort of like I'm better than everyone attitude 
versus yeah. Bianca's kind of different. Like, I don't think Bianca comes across as, I mean, even though she's like, yeah, I'm the EST, I'm the best. It's more like, I'm really confident in my abilities and I know that I've proven myself as opposed to like, well, I'm wrestling royalty and I'm great, you know? Yes. yes. So very exactly. interesting conflict for me. Yeah. Like divine providence. <laughs> yes. Manifest destiny versus CrossFit, CrossFit champion. Yes. Go. <laughs> I'm up for it. So maybe put that in your letter too. We could ask Dad. We'll do. We'll do. Uh, Becky looked wonderful slash uh, looked like an extra from Flash Gordon. Absolutely crazy look. I am so glad to see that she has not lost a step in dressing like she's from the Hunger Games. I was genuinely concerned her like shoulder slices would like cut somebody. (laughs) I don't know what to call them. Like shoulder scallops. I was worried they were going to cut somebody. I loved it. She came out and I was like, she's going to take that off before she starts wrestling. It's like, <laughs> no, she's going to carry through. She is here in the Thunderdome and she is not going to alter her commitment to aesthetics one bit. Did, it, did those make it to the end of the match? I think they did. I think they stayed hooked to her. Whoever like sewed that on or glued it on or whatever props. Well done. So um, Bianca and Dakota came out and then because team... Bailey had an advantage. Eosky came out next. Yep. And then they were beating up Bianca for a while and it was hard to watch. I have to say, I think Dakota throughout the course of the match, but especially in the beginning, I there was so much carnage throughout the match, but it yes. felt like Dakota took a lot of the brunt of a lot of things that went on in that match. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't understand how these women handle any of this. Is it just crying the entire time? (laughs) Tears. Is it Timex that takes a licking and keeps on ticking? Because so does Dakota Uh, Kai. She she really does. I was worried at first because, like, she was so amped up, and I was like, like Dakota, did you did you take something? (laughs) Like, is this just adrenaline or what's happening? So is this like that one Saved by the Bell episode? You're so excited. You're so scared. In that moment. She was Jessica Spano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Asuka joined the fray. So we got to see Io and Asuka go head to head for a while, which is always exciting. I I feel like this is terrible, but I, I really want Io to break away from damage control so she can just start having amazing singles matches that lead to some kind of title picture. And I want to see her and Asuka fight forever. I do, too. I want to see them yelling at each other in Japanese. I don't know what it means, but it's really fun because they're just like very theatrical and I really yes. enjoy that. So it's just like, keep doing that. I don't need to know what's going on all the time. I can interpret from context. <laughs> they make me very happy. Same. Um, Nikki shows up after Asuka and Nikki was, I think, the first one. Yeah, Nikki, I think, was actually the first one to start throwing shit into the ring. Yes, she went hard right away. Um, I think that she was gearing up to perform an off-Broadway version of Stomp. Oh, I like that. Trash can lids? Yes. And uh, kendo sticks. Kendo sticks were finally in the mix. That, that moment when, like, Bianca snapped a kendo stick over her leg and, like, that, like, genuinely scared me, not because she did that, <laughs> because I was like, 
there's now like wood splinters in yeah. the play in play and i was like someone's gonna get stabbed or scratched horribly or something's gonna go in somebody's eye i was just very concerned no that's fair i too was like that's gonna make a mess and somebody's gonna get cut <laughs> i don't like it at like all the worst splinter ever yes uh then alexa came in then bailey and mm-hmm. then mia was last Oh, sorry, Mia, then Ripley. Yes. In between all this, I had to say that when, so like, there's a part where finally, like after Nikki kind of broke the seal on throwing things into the ring, other people came out and threw things into the ring. And for whatever reason, what came into my head when they were doing this was Supermarket Sweep. Do you remember (laughs) Supermarket Sweep? Yes. Yes. Okay. Stay with me here. So each team in Supermarket Sweep would like, always grab certain high dollar items first you know when they were like out like some people went straight for the frozen turkeys some people went straight for like the steaks some people went straight for like packets of diapers it felt like that so like nikki went with the kendo sticks and the trash can lids but bailey went with tables and ladders and then mia went with the actual trash cans like it felt like it was just reminiscent of that for me no, that's delightful. That is a delightful <laughs> comparison. You you got to get your high value item. Exactly. So, I was uh I was very pleased by all of that. And the I guess well, and then also uh Bailey brought out a ladder. Bailey was not screwing around. No, she wasn't. Bailey came to kill. And like I don't remember who it was, but like one of the ladders was like snapped, like it broke, like snapped yeah. in half ladder. Do you remember who that was? I don't remember, okay. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, it was wild from start to finish. It was, yeah. So ultimately, Rhea comes out. She has that little showdown with Becky. Mm-hmm. Gets poison in the face, which I thought was magical. Where where does Asuka keep that poison? In a place that you'll never know about. In a secret tooth, she like bites down on it. She stores it. it out. She stores it in her exterior underpants <laughs> for easy it's access. Be there, like in her bra, right? Like <laughs> I mean, there's like where else she gonna hide it? It's, Maybe it's I've never like seen her do that, so it was exciting. What if it's like in a spy novel and she's got like a hollow tooth and she puts it in there like a cyanide capsule? Mm-hmm. Then she can like exactly. pop it out and like ah. Yeah. And then she yeah. kills everybody else instead of herself. Yes. So Nikki did not ruin the match like I thought she might. I had predicted last week that maybe she would fuck everything up. But um, Bianca and friends won that match. They did. Well, you know, they um, they persevered. They used the power of friendship. They used the power of the greater good. Yep. And they carried through. It was a really fun match. I think... If there's any such thing as a least valuable player for this match, it was the camera team. Ugh. And I feel like there are there have to be some challenges to filming a War Games match, right? Because you got the double ring, you've got the cage, very inconvenient. But I'm like, why are you always in the wrong place at the wrong time when everyone is in here busting their asses? I feel like that happens a lot. Like yeah, I even just pay-per-views. I just feel like they like zoom in at weird times. There's this mm-hmm. weird shit happening. I'm like, what's going on, gang? I maintain that all WWE products are filmed by an ambitious group of junior high students who just joined their local high school's AV club. And they're doing it for like volunteer service for National yes. Society or something. So they like, get their credit to graduate. 
you get a practical internship credit and a free t-shirt. But the t-shirt is like from six years ago. Like it's an old Stone Cold t-shirt. <laughs> just says staff on it. <laughs> it's not even a wrestling shirt. Just staff. <laughs> event staff. Um, there was a moment I felt. I, it was very strange because this happens very rarely when you, you know, because the wrestlers talk to each other when they're wrestling, right? Like. Yeah. They don't choreograph every single thing down to a, a science. They talk to each other. And I actually, I heard they had mic'd it wrong or the mic was near where they shouldn't have been, but I heard Bianca talking to EO and telling her, like, kick me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, no, get the mic away from her. <laughs> kick me, bitch. It's like, don't break this illusion for me. I can tell you actually hate each other. Oh, that's wonderful. But that makes also- great. It was really great. I also liked, um, I don't think they showed it on the pay-per-view. I saw it on Instagram the next day. The video of Rhea kind of like shouldering Io and yes. carrying her away. So great. That was so cute. She just like hoisted her over her shoulder. It was like, let's go, tiny person. I mean, I have to tell you that if I hadn't already had a long time to get comfortable with this, Rhea Ripley would absolutely inspire some queer panic with me. <laughs> like, Wow. Wow. Rhea Ripley. <laughs> she's, um, yeah, she's an inspiration. She and is. A number of levels. I'm just like, I want shoulders like that. Yes. Like, I also noticed there's a fashion trend happening, and I'm glad. Oh, I know where this is going. and Alexa both had this. They have, like, I don't know why I'm trying to do anything with my hands, but, like, under their little butt cheeks, they have like, uh-huh. a strap that's, like, part of the gear that they're wearing. And I'm like, this is fun. I like this. The booty belts. <laughs> it's like a push-up bra for your butt. It, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a lot. It works. It does. It's a it's a good look, and I think it works for people who already have some booty. Yes, I think if you don't have booty, it's gonna fall. Yeah, but it's working for them. They both look great. I think we should get some of the uh, male wrestlers who wear tiny pants to wear those, like Drew. I agree. Who else has tiny pants? I think it'd be funny. I, Austin Theory has tiny pants sometimes, Austin I think. Austin Theory. Um, else tiny? Oh, um, Matt Riddle wears tiny pants, doesn't he? But his are like tiny boxers, kind of. Yeah, they're they're like little shorts. Seamus wears little tiny pants, doesn't he? Yeah, and I mean, I think Seamus has the booty to pull it off because... He does. When he came out, I think it was on Raw, he had some like real tight pants on. And I was like, what are you doing out here with all that ass, Seamus? <laughs> like all double cheeked up on a Monday night. <laughs> so I think like the booty belt would work for Seamus. It would. I'm just maybe put that in your letter. Okay, I will. I, you know, like, I you draw a picture. Just draw a picture of the booty belt and like a thumbs up next to it. Okay. This is why, like, I mean, you know, I have a great fear of meeting famous people who I admire. I never want to, like, meet Seamus on the off chance that he's like, why did you say those things about my ass? Hoping he'd listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I assume he does listen to it. I mean, I I just assume, but. I made a comment on um, Bailey's, one of Bailey's posts on Instagram, and I realized that, like, my Instagram is still, like, advertising our podcast. <laughs> and um yes. I was like, this was the match of the night for me and I'm like, what if she sees that? And then what if she listens to her podcast? I was like, I don't think Bailey's gonna listen to our podcast, but maybe it'd be great. She's like, Bailey. Why, why do you call me Bailey? I, I don't I don't love it. 
We love you. <laughs> you just deal with it. Shut up, Bailey. Okay. Shall we move on to the Finn AJ extravaganza? We should with one final note because oh, it's this is actually on Raw, but I think this might not be a bad time to talk about it. Um, you know, we had touched on in the past that Alexa seemed a little distracted, yes. a little like her heart was elsewhere. And by the time we got to Raw, this was like full effect. I do not think Alexa is long for Team Good Guy. No, I don't think so either. She's just really spaced out. Do you think it's because Bray's back? Or do you think it's just like she misses the limelight? Like, is this, I guess what I'm asking, is this like self-propelled? Or is it externally activated? I think it might be fun to see Alexa on kind of like, I'm a former champion. I'm great. I'm tired of being a team player. I'm not interested in this anymore. I want to do other things. I want to just focus on me and kind of like have maybe like a little heel run as a singles competitor could be great. I did not see Alexa with Bray Wyatt. So I'm also open to that, especially if for the love of God, it moves us along into anything other than long talks about his feelings. So I could go either way. I didn't see her with him either. I wonder mm. if she goes back to heel, if she brings back that little glove that she used to wear all the time. That would be nice. Bring back the glove. Yeah. Isn't it like a little skeleton glove or something. Yeah. I just remember that was yeah. part of her entrance. She'd be like crushing her fingers. She also used to, um, when she was in NXT, she would occasionally have this like Freddy Krueger look that she did. Yeah. I think I remember that. I'd like to bring that back too. I agree. All right, Finn and AJ. Oh, my goodness. Both of them looked completely crazy. I, it's like, okay, so Finn comes out and he's got this stupid fucking mask that he can't even see out of. You can tell he can't even see out of it because he's bumping into Damien Priest and Damien is like his bowling bumper. <laughs> and now AJ comes out and he's got a mask because Finn's got a mask and if Finn's going to have a mask. It's like you two can't be together. You can't be in the same ring. You can't be in the same arena. You can't be in the same zip code. No, they're awful. I My notes were AJ looks like a pig wearing a gas mask. <laughs> and Finn's mask is just like, and I just wrote three question marks. Right? It's like, are you wearing some sort of bowl? Or <laughs> I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he's going for there. Is that the globe of a lamp in your house and you affixed it over your face? What's happening? Yeah. It reminds me of... Ugh, I'm going to shit the bed on this one. There are characters who in a film... I think it's a Star Wars situation. I don't know. I can't remember. But their faces are like completely covered by like a silver mask and there's no eye holes. It's just like silver. I don't mm. care if that's what that is. But that's what it reminded me of. But I don't think that's what he's going for. It was very strange. And I just I'm kinda like, are you bored creatively, sweetie? Is that is that what's happening here? Could be. What'd you think of the match overall? I thought it was great. I mean, I I so I really enjoyed the match. I felt like there was such an intense back and forth and then kind of a sudden ending. Yeah. Which I'm, I guess, when we have an intense back and forth, I want that kind of like drag it out to the end feeling. But I also think that these two are a little bit incapable of putting on a bad match, especially together. 
I agree. As much as I don't like AJ, yeah, I mean, he's a really good wrestler. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I've been watching AJ Styles since he was in um, TNA, which I think is now Impact Wrestling and not TNA, but... Like he's just consistently going to give great, great performances. So, and when you have him against someone like Finn Balor, who I think is that same caliber, it's just, it is really a pleasure to watch, but then I'm like, don't just like cut it off and end it. Yeah. There was a part where Finn's back looked really fucked up and I looked at it and I was like, I think his left kidney is crying. Like it was just like. (laughs) Like the the his back on the left lower side looked nuts, and I was just like, "This has got to yeah. be." I just I know that's what this is. I know that's what wrestling is. I know they get hurt and beat the fuck up, but it's it still doesn't lessen like the impact on me. Apparently, no, it's it's hard to see because you have these. We all have these parasocial relationships with these characters that we watch every week, right? Yeah. And with wrestling, it totally blends the line between character and real person. And we get so invested in them. You don't want to see them get hurt. At least that's how I feel. Like, as much as I'm clamoring for violent matches all the time, I don't want to see anybody get hurt ever. Even, like, temporary hurt. Well, and I'm such a sucker for these things that, like, if they get hurt, quote unquote, hurt on, on in a match or when they're out in front of the cameras and then they disappear... And we don't see them right away. I'm <laughs> convinced that they are actually hurt. And I'm just like, I'm the mark. I'm the sucker that you were hoping to get. So it's fine. I'll accept my fate. Finn Balor was not taken to a local medical facility. He was taken to a local morgue. Why, why did they? I guess I never noticed that. Why wouldn't you say hospital in the Vince days? You know, I think it had something to do way back in the day with fans showing up at local hospitals. And I, I think that may date back to when <laughs> kayfabe was a, a much larger part of professional wrestling. Yeah. Whereas now we live in this weird universe of social media where it's like you're your character and you're yourself. And there's a very fuzzy line around where that begins and ends. Yes. Finn Balor's Instagram is a really great example of that. Yes. Right. Sometimes he's posing and very smiley and happy with his like adorable Irish family. And then other times he's just like. Fuck you, AJ. <laughs> and I love that that dichotomy lives inside Finn Balor. It's wonderful. Maybe it's just the demon takes over. I think it might be. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about this match? Um, No, because I, I think we're going to dig a little back into this when we get to Raw. So because this is the feud and the relationship that never ends. It's, it's true. And I'm I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with it. Yeah, it's fun. I I enjoy it. Um, Shotzi and Ronda, Shotzi v. Ronda was next. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember saying, fuck her up, Shotzi. (laughs) Shotzi did indeed not fuck up Ronda. There was a moment where Ronda said, this one's for you, baby. And she pointed at someone. Mm. And I was like, you don't see who she's pointing at because camera crew, thank you. Was she saying that to Shayna? Was she, I, who was she talking to? I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. Ronda Rousey, who do you dedicate these kind of crap efforts to? <laughs> and how do they feel about that? Are they like, you know, you're not really giving your best. You could kind of just not. 
There was nothing surprising about this match. I mean, Ronda won as predicted. Yeah. It was it was exactly what I expected. I mean, it was there were grown worthy like remarks, there were blown spots. I, I mean, it was fine. It was not, it was like, there's no return. There's no surprise win. There's just this. And so, okay. It felt like it stood out like a sore thumb amongst a bunch of other really excellent efforts. It was very mid card, right? Yeah. It was, as the kids say, mid. This is mid. Oh. Yeah. Where'd you get that one? TikTok. Wow. I haven't heard that one. Mediocre, average, lame. But they say mid? They say mid, yeah. Okay. Not mead. No, mid, M-I-D. Interesting. Mid. I'm going to put an ear out for that. Yeah, keep an eye out for that one. I am hip with the children. You are. (laughs) So, there was like a backstage moment, Mm -hmm. which I feel like was kind of weird for a does that happen often in pay-per-views? I'm trying to remember if we see like backstage moments in pay-per-views. Sometimes. I mean, I feel like it's not a constant, but we do have some backstage bits. Okay. So we saw Sammy explaining to Roman what happened because Roman was yes. like, what's the deal? And, you know, Sammy says it's nothing's going on. I love you, baby. It's all you. I'd never cheat on you. I could never cheat on you. There's nothing like you. You're the only one for me. Mm-hmm. Side note, Roman Reigns has really nice hands. I mean, I know we don't agree on this, but Roman Reigns is a beautiful man. I I think he's good looking. Especially now that he's got a tiny bit of a silver fox thing going on. Yeah, he's definitely, I think he's cuter now than he was like 10 years ago. Absolutely. I think he's one of those dudes who's going to keep getting better looking as he gets older into like probably his mid 50s. Yeah. Like he's just going to cultivate that daddy look. (laughs) I'm all right with it. And so Sammy, clearly, because he's not looking anywhere else. The tribal chief is it for him. Yeah, he's very loyal. He is to a fault. I agree. I don't know that I'd be that loyal. But I I did love that, like, you know, Roman accepts his fealty, but then he's got the dead eyes over his shoulder. I know. Yeah. He has plans. Roman doesn't love any of them. He doesn't care about any of them. I think this is, like, such... He's doing such a good job being that heel who is really just like, I am about me and the bloodline exists to serve me. And you guys are like, oh, the bloodline, our proud wrestling legacy. And I'm like, ah, yeah, my flunkies. Great. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the bloodline means something very different to Jimmy, Jay, Solo and Sammy than it does to Roman. Yes. It's a means to an end, baby. Yeah, I think so as well. I want to see how it all plays out. I want to see what Roman does. I wonder if Roman's just going to nuke the whole thing. Maybe. Just be like, I'm out on my own. Yeah. Fuck the bloodline. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that bit, we had the Bobby Austin Seth three-way match. We sure as shit did. What do you want to say about this match? Well, I... You know, like an accursed oracle predicted this last week. And, uh, you know, this is not what I asked dad for in my letter. 
I, okay. Do you mind if I just go off on this for a minute? Because I have a lot of feelings. By all means. So first of all, Corey Graves, no, Austin Theory does not remind me of Seth Rollins. May God have mercy on your soul. Um, yeah. But like, I don't. I feel like this is such a troll storyline. Like you guys criticize what we did, but now he's the champion. And it's like, how is this a good use of anyone's time? Especially with how this plays out. And I'm not going to get too much into it now, but with what we see of him on Monday night, I'm like, how are we anywhere except where we already were? Yeah. Why? I'm done now. I just, I wish I was not a prophet of the Lord, but clearly I have been cursed with this fate. You are burdened with glorious purpose. Amen. Yeah, I I have to say, like, this match was, did not interest me, really. Like, I was just like, ugh, I don't care. I don't like Austin Theory. I don't want him to have nice things. And yet he is the uh, U.S. champion. Like, there were things I thought was great. Um... There was a moment where after some intense back and forth, Seth came flying out of the ring and he totally stuck the landing. And I was like, how do you do that? Um, There was this kind of cool moment where like we had this stacking of moves, like a sleeper hold stacked on a hurt locker. And it was like the turducken of wrestling moves. And I thought that Mm -hmm. was pretty cool. But overall, yeah, this this didn't move me except that I like Seth. I like to see Seth and I have no material issue with Bobby Lashley. He's good at what he does, but right. It just, it feels, it feels played out. I don't know. I, and it, and, and like you said, you know, the, the pinnacle of this whole thing is now Austin is the U S champion. So now we have to watch him be U S champion. It's like, I don't, what's Seth going to do? Seth. Well, I mean, we jump ahead to Raw a little bit. We know what Seth's going to do. He's going to challenge for the championship again. Right. But it's like, is this where we want to keep Seth? Like, just going round and round with the U.S. championship? I mean, I feel like I have a lot of questions, but also I just, I'm never going to take Austin Theory serious. No. I will never take him serious. <laughs> no, I will never take him serious either. He said something to, on Raw that I just... I almost wrote it down, but I was like, I'm going to stop harping on him. But now I kind of wish I'd written it down because it was really stupid. So, you know, this this is why Dad and I are currently not speaking. I think that's fair. Well, I, so I wonder too. if it was like some condition, like Vince was like, okay, I'll step down, but you got to keep <laughs> A-Town around. You got to protect my boy, A-Town. <laughs> I don't get, like, he's a good athlete. He's a decent wrestler but it's like he's so blah he is a charisma vacuum to me and even when i i hear him cut a promo and i'm like you're saying the right things and you're saying them with conviction and i don't give a single crap yeah about what's happening right now Uh, and the entire it seems like the entire crowd felt the same way at raw so yes that was the thing like okay so I know we're skipping ahead now, but I feel like this is a tried and true formula where you've got two competitors and one competitor comes out and he kind of owns the guy a little in the promo, he mm-hmm. talks a lot of shit, but then the other guy comes back and he's got to get in at least one good jab, you know? There's got to be that moment where even if you don't like the other guy, you're like, ooh, there was not that moment. People were just like, please stop, please stop. Mm-hmm. 
People were visibly bored. They hated him. I hate him. <sighs> it was amazing. Um, so yeah, I don't whatever. I'm not interested to see where this one goes. No, me either. I do not wish to subscribe to this newsletter. I guess what I'm hoping is like they fight again. Seth and Austin fight again. Maybe Seth loses. Austin retains. Seth gets bored and like moves on to bigger and better things. Yeah. I I hope he's like, you know, get back in your A-Town clown car and drive out of my life. (laughs) So stupid. Drive out of it. Should we move on to the final match of the night? Please friggin' do. I'd like to be happy again. The men's war games match, which mm-hmm. KO drew Brawl and Brutes, including Seamus, versus yes. the Bloodline. In all its glory. Butch started out against Jay. And remember, the Bloodline... Sorry. The... Brutes and company had the advantage in this match. So, yes. Good guy advantage in this one. Um, so at first, <laughs> when they were on the cage at first, <laughs> when they cut away from the match and like showed the cages, I thought that Paul was in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> he really is an advocate. He's in that damn cage. He's just holding the belts and like being the weird <laughs> creeper in the background and then they showed a different angle and Paul was behind it. But I was like, that was hilarious. I was laughing really hard. So That's delightful. when I was watching this, I don't, I had this moment. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but this whole, f- like before the match ended, I was kind of trying to predict the ending of the match. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like, it's like a prophecy in, in Greek literature, right? There's always this prophecy that of course is going to be like a tragedy because that's how Greek literature worked so ko says someone's gonna turn on sammy right the bloodline's gonna turn Mm -hmm. on sammy and jay overhears it and jay becomes so obsessed with that idea that he's the one that turns on sammy even though he wasn't trying to because he was so worried about sammy being the first one to turn it was a Mm -hmm. self-fulfilling prophecy but it didn't work that way i mean i I feel like, though, these sort of, like, epic storytelling conventions that we're feeling, whether they are followed through to the letter or not with the bloodline or what make it really great. <laughs> like, everything feels so dramatic and intense all the time with them. It really does. So the order, so it was Jay and Butch, then Ridge came in, then Sammy, mm-hmm. then Drew, then Jimmy, then KO. Yes. Solo, Seamus, Roman. Mm-hmm. I was, I think there was a moment where I was kind of surprised by the order of the people entering. Maybe that Seamus came out so late. Mm. I'm not sure. It's not forming in my in my brain, though. But, like, there was a lot going on. I don't think this match was as exciting as the women's match. I will say that. It was still nope, an excellent match. But... Of course, the epic highlight of the match, right, is where Sammy makes a choice. Yes, Sammy is at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And he chooses. And his choice is heartbreaking. It is. It was sad. And I know they go into this. 
I think I wrote about this when I was, yeah, like um, on Raw. So I don't mm-hmm. want to jump too ahead, but you know, like this is like an. I mean, they break up epically on Raw. Yeah, and it's kind of sad to see because I was really hoping that Sammy would just tra la la off with Ko and they'd have adventures together. I think I wanted that too, and I. I mean, I don't know that you can talk about this without talking about Raw a little bit. Like, first of all, they're putting Finn and AJ to shame in terms of breakup drama. But yes, like I also I think one of the great things about what happened on Raw was and it's something that I mean, even Corey Graves touched on this during this match at War Games. Like, you know, KO is talking about friends. It's like you don't you don't do friends. You've never had a friend for more than two weeks. Like, you haven't been a good friend to Sammy. And he acknowledges that on Raw. Like, I have betrayed you. I have hurt you. I haven't been a good friend. And I'm happy for you that you found good friends. That you found someplace you belong. Mm-hmm. Really poignant shit. Well, he also said... Uh, K.O. also said, I don't want to ride to shows together. I know. I'm done. I don't want anything to do with you. Which... I mean, I mean, we've been BFFs for a long time. And the idea of not wanting to, like, go on road trips with you is excruciating to me. So, like, that really cut me to the quick. It's a knife in the heart. Also, I want to point out, as much as I love KO, I feel like he's a little out of date because he's, like, seems to be kind of obsessed with family and, and things like that. But it's like, haven't you heard of Chosen Family, KO? Yeah. Are you just yeah. mad that you're not the chosen family? What do you really want from Sammy? You know what I would really recommend for KO is he tries to learn about friendship and family and just these kind of deep relationships and chosen family. Yeah. He needs to take in the ultimate primer on these issues, the Fast and the Furious movies, <laughs> where he can learn about a man, the greatest hero of our time named Dominic Toretto. Who doesn't have friends. He has family. And I I just think that that could really turn things around for him. And he could find his own family of friends. Maybe he'll be in the next sequel. Oh my god, I would die. That'd be great. That'd be great. Do they ever incorporate wrestlers into those movies? Um, yeah, The Rock has been in them and has his okay. own. Okay, this is embarrassing. Um, I haven't gotten that far into them, so I, I am a real serious Fast and the Furious connoisseur. Um, The Rock is in several of the movies as oh. Luke Hobbs, terrible character. He's got his own spinoff with Jason Statham, Hobbs oh, and Shaw, yeah. <clears throat> and um, John Cena is also in the most recent. Fast and Furious movie, Fast 9, as, um, spoilers if you haven't been keeping up on this, but I gotta be honest, it's been out for like a year, so there's something wrong with you if you haven't already seen it. He's Dom Toretto's brother, the long-lost Toretto brother, Jacob um, Toretto. John Cena is supposed to be Dom Yeah, yeah, it's totally believable. (laughs) Like actual, like biological brother? Yeah, yeah, they have the same dad. And I mean, I assume the same mom, but like in a Disney movie, mom is dead, we don't talk about her, so... (laughs) <laughs> they have found two people who look less alike. Oh my god, that's amazing! Oh, I gotta yeah. catch up. I think I've watched like three of them, so I'm very far behind. But you are my expert, so you've told me the right order to watch them in. So I've got to keep moving in that. Please join me for my secondary podcast. The Fast <laughs> and the Furious is for girls. With Jazzy but, F and A. 
Jazzy FNA presents. But seriously, like KO needs to uh <laughs> needs to expand his horizons. Uh I think we saw Sammy with a little bit of tremble chin. Yeah. He looked a little sad. Yeah. But Jay was able to pin KO after Sammy helped. Yeah. I mean that's really poetic, right? It is. That's some Shakespearean shit right there. And Jay gave him a big old hug afterward. I love that Jay has gone from his greatest detractor to like, this man is my brother and I would die for him. I know. Now he doesn't have to pretend not to laugh anymore. <laughs> it's really, things are going to get a lot better for Jay. So. <laughs> he doesn't have to struggle. Those were the most memorable moments of that match for me. Like, honestly, I don't, nothing else really, really, really stuck out to me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was great and I it was great and I enjoyed it, but like that emotional drama was what I was there for. Yes. Like that's my juice box. That's what I'm after. Well, do we want to close up Survivor series? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's time to move on to the fallout and uh the fallout. It's time to get raw. Time to get Oh Lord, yeah. All right. Uh Best opening of Raw ever, potentially, what we saw on Monday. Um, Good chance, yeah. I just wanted Becky to, like, completely take up so much time and just (laughs) walk through the entire arena, like, high-fiving people. That would have been incredible. (laughs) So good. I mean, it it was so great. It was so high energy and really funny. I... That guy Bobby she was talking to seemed like a yes. pretty decent dude. The guy Zachary, I feel like what, as soon as she talked to him, I got immediately uncomfortable. And it felt like she also realized she made a mistake by talking to that Zachary guy because she yeah. never talked to him again. No, we love I Zach think, of the dust. <clears throat> excuse me. I think he was really drunk. I think he was really drunk and really overwhelmed. And that's a deadly combination. Good to move on from that. Yeah, he immediately, like, I felt immediately uncomfortable. Um, yeah. <clears throat> sorry. I think, best line of the night, Bob does not suck. <laughs> it was, okay, when they're arguing about whether or not Bob sucks, it's just like the light of my life. So good. I just, I don't know. I feel like this was written by women. I think so, too, because it's like it's deeply funny in this kind of ridiculous way. And it was just it was great. When do they start doing the whole road to WrestleMania talk? Is that after um, the uh, Royal Rumble? Or do yeah, they do I it think like immediately in the new year. I feel like Royal Rumble is the beginning of the road to WrestleMania. OK, because I was kind of thinking like this whole showdown. Like, is this the beginning of the beginning of the road to WrestleMania? Like, are they going to have a Becky Bailey showdown? This is like the exit ramp to the road to WrestleMania. (laughs) There's a detour. (laughs) Yes. This is like you're pulling out of your driveway and getting on the road to WrestleMania, but it's a long driveway. Turn your headlights on where you're Mm -hmm. you're safety. So I love that whole opening sequence. It was great. Made me really happy. I really liked it, too. Um, we finally saw Rhea and Mia. Yeah. Rassel. Uh, and Dom came out with her. He did. And he just looked like confused and happy to be there. Yeah. I, 
I hate his hair so much. <laughs> um, I don't hate his face. Like I don't hate him as a person. I That's just nice. It's progress. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there was a part where Corey Graves said, "Yes, I know there are women across the globe dying to be in Rhea's position, like talking about mm. being being with Dominic." And yes. it was just like, I felt like through that whole thing, Corey just kept saying shit. Was like taking the piss out of Dominic like over and over again. Yes, like low key shading him. I was just like, <laughs> oh boy, he's very slick about this. You shady bitch. Also, at one point, I thought Mia was going to beat up Dominic, and I was really excited about it. Yeah, I'd be cool if she did that. I think it's fine. Like, take out your issues, girl. I know. End him. I know. So their match was really fun to watch, and then Judgment Day and OC show up. Men ruined everything like they always do. Yes, they couldn't just sit back and like, you know, take a back seat, guys. You have every other fucking night. Like, just stay back. Well, you've got literally the most dramatic couple in the WWE right now today. And they can't stand to see their colleagues being centered. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to get the Finn and AJ show back on the road and talk about feelings. And here we are. And everybody was all worked up because, you know. I think Michael Cole called Rhea a sick witch. Yes. A really weak burn. She and and Dominic went to visit dad (laughs) (laughs) to beat him up on Thanksgiving. (laughs) As one does during the holiday season. What I loved about it is the painting in the background or the portrait, (laughs) the wedding portrait where they like blurred out Ray's face. It's like, this is amazing. The attention to details next level. And like the little children who are in the house, you're probably just like, okay, kids, let me get you out of this room so you don't see your dad beaten up. I also. Or your granddad? I don't know if those are his kids. <laughs> who knows whose kids those are? <laughs> if they could have just pulled him in off the street. I also. So last week I was talking about how um, something that happened was like a post on Am I the Asshole? And I feel like this is another great example of like, my dad disinvited me and my girlfriend, who I call mommy from Thanksgiving, because like we caused some problems for him at work, but it like totally wasn't our fault. And then he started a fight at Thanksgiving and we had to leave. Am I the asshole? It's like, yes, Dominic, in this situation, you are the asshole. You ruined Thanksgiving. You and mommy ruined Thanksgiving. It's true. You ruined it for everybody. (laughs) And those mystery children. Yes. I mean, maybe they were urchins that Ray took in to feed out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> Those poor urchins. <laughs> Back on the street, thanks to Dominic Mysterio. I noticed something. I think, I don't know. I don't know if I've said it. If I've repeated myself, if I'm repeating myself, forgive me. But I've realized that Luke Gallows, who's a very tall man, mm. moves in much the same way that The Undertaker moves. Oh, yeah. And in much the same way, looks painful like <laughs> like his knees hurt now yeah because like, whenever i watch the undertaker walk i'm just like creak creak mm-hmm. creak and it sounds painful and awful in my brain but i think of that but at least the undertaker doesn't have that stupid chin braid that's true sartorially the undertaker is coming out on top currently currently yeah that's true because i mean <laughs> <laughs> Dude made some choices back in the day. That's so true. The whole American badass phase was real, real sketch. Yeah. So they had an eight-man tag match out of this. Yes. 
which I haven't seen in a really long time where it's been like dudes and a lady. Yeah. And especially like this one, because some things did happen in this match. I really was hoping there was one close to the end of the match when, um, who did Mia Yim pick up? Mia Yim picked up Finn. Finn. Thank you. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. Please, let's just keep this going. Because you know I'm desperate for intergender wrestling. No, um, me too. I was dying because Rhea got real close to doing some intergender wrestling and Mia Yim did. And I think that's more than we've seen on a WWE broadcast, maybe ever, unless we're yeah. talking about like Bubba Ray Dudley powerbombing Mae Young or something, you know. <laughs> it was Always really a good time. <laughs> I was very into this. Yeah, like, okay, so at first I was like, how dare you guys come out and interrupt yes. Mia and Rhea because I'm really enjoying this. But then I was like, it's okay, I'm cool with it. Yeah. It's all worth it. <laughs> I really had a fear when they first came out and like, you know, they did the thing where like everybody exited the ring besides Finn and AJ because they wanted to highlight Finn and AJ. Yes. And like, you know, the other couples are like off scrapping. Mm-hmm. And like Mia and Rhea were off scrapping. I was just like, is this gonna, what it's going to be? The entire match is just those two off in a corner punching each other because this sucks. Yeah. But it wasn't that. And I was very happy. No, it all worked out for the best. It was great. Rhea, of course, pinned Mia for the win. Well, I mean, Rhea is, uh, Rhea is really powerful and really, I think, at the top of her, uh, top of her game right now. So she's a force to be reckoned with. She sure is. So I'm assuming this feud's just going to keep going because AJ and Finn can't can't let it go. Well, and I did love that, like, they come out and AJ starts going on about how, like, you know, this is about him and Finn. And it's like, dude, this had nothing to do with you. Oh, like Everything has to do with him. Like, you just, you're the problem now, my dude. You've mm-hmm. got to let it go. Yeah. But he can't, can't let it go. No. I feel like they're like this couple that desperately wants the other one to apologize. Yes. Like to admit that they're wrong. Mm hmm. And neither of them will. So this is just going to go on forever. Yeah. I think like if anyone could offer an apology, we could end this tomorrow. Mm hmm. But no one can do that. It's not going to happen. No. Any other thoughts on this one? No. No. I think we covered it really well. I'm delighted. Next up, we see the bloodline. We sure do. We sure do. And Jay is on the mic. He says, I think I broke my hand for real. (laughs) (laughs) I really love Jay so, so much. I do too. I didn't appreciate them as much, you know, 15 years ago when I was watching wrestling with you, but they're so much fun. Especially now that I know who's who. It's really changed things. I didn't know. I was like, which one's which? But now I know. I have a question for you. Okay. How much of Sammy's like Mike stuff when, you know, he's like kind of talking to the crowd or whatever was just him trying to get Jay to crack? I mean, I feel like now it's probably a game that he likes to play with them. Like, no, I'm going to make you laugh. There was a really cute little video on WWE's TikTok mm-hmm. of 
Sammy with maybe Jimmy. I'm not sure, but they were doing like a little sort of secret handshake thing, but it was like years ago. Yes. It yeah. Was really cute. It made me happy. Then they had a nice cute. hug after. I was like, oh, you guys are friends and I like it. Um, highlight them trying to get solo to join the group hug. <laughs> I feel like what if what if KO came out not just to further the storyline, but because he's like, Solo doesn't hug, I gotta go out there and stop this. I just was like, please, please go hug them. This would be the best. Get in there and hug. But you know what? If he doesn't want to hug, he doesn't want to hug. Don't force people to hug. No, you know, I think it would have been nice to see him experience a moment of softness. Yeah. I do think that he is the best at not cracking. Like, I, I can't imagine being that stoic. Could not do it. No, I absolutely could. He's really good. I keep just staring at him, waiting for anything, a twitch, like yes. The dude is stone. It's amazing. Even when we had that first, like, breakdown where everyone lost it over <laughs> feeling oozy, like, so I think he corked his lip. Yeah. Like, dude, how? I wonder what he thinks about that. <laughs> what if he's like, I just don't find it that funny, to be quite yeah. honest. Like, I don't I don't understand the jokes. <laughs> Well, then we had the super sad breakup with Sammy and K.O. Really, really sad. It is sad. Um, I, I think eventually they're going to get back together. I think they are, too, because I, I think here's the thing. Like, I think Sammy likes being the only person that K.O. can stand mm-hmm. in the long term. You know, there, you know, there's there's something very appealing about being the ray of sunshine in a storm cloud's life. They were each other's first love. Right? And like... There's always going to be a special little place in their hearts for one another. So much history. um, So many... Like, just such a long road for them in wrestling. They can never break up forever. It's just not possible. Their friendship will endure. But it's going to have to weather some storms right now. Mm -hmm. It's really heartbreaking storms. So, K.O. has a lot of tattoos. He does, yeah. Did you notice the one on his left hand, the top of his left hand? Is it the one that says Beast? No. It's what I believe to be the whitest tattoo I've ever seen. It's a golf club and a hockey stick crossed <laughs> over each other. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I, If someone can correct me, please do. But I was like staring at it. I'm like, is that a golf club and a damn hockey stick? I mean, that sounds like the official logo for the Caucasian Sports Association. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All it needs is like some Frisbee golf and then seriously. Some ultimate. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. So anyway, I had to point that out because I was like, so if, if next time you you see him, like, look out I'll for take that a look. tattoo. Yeah, it's on his left hand. I am usually too busy admiring his really really sweet t-rex tattoo that thing is so sweet it's so detailed it's so i mean i don't have a single tattoo and i'm really afraid of them but wow i love that thing i love when wrestlers like disappear for a while or (laughs) i disappeared for a while from wrestling yeah but then they come back and they just have like a billion tattoos like when i was first watching him he had like that one cow cow skull or bull no a bull tattoo on his shoulder that's like the rocks old see it it's like the rocks old insignia yeah i was like 
Wait, is, you think his tattoo is of the Rock's old insignia? Well, so I similar to. I feel like he's addressed that and said it was something else, but it very oh. much looks like the Rock's okay. Brahma Bull thing. So that'd be amazing if he did. That's adorable. I think there's some fanboying going on, and no shame because I like the Rock too, Ko. I think it's cute. I think it is too. So out of that came the J versus Ko match, which we will. You want to talk about it a little bit later on? Or you want to talk about it now? It was the it was the main event. Uh, do you want to just do you want to go right through this and then we'll cut back? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because I'm still pretty excited about this. I do think it's great that Jay has like found a new outlet for his hatred. It's Ko. It is Ko. <laughs> and Ko's like that's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. I hate everyone. Down. I have another question. Yeah. Who are these people, like, who are these rich children (laughs) that get to sit beside the fucking announce desk, behind the announce desk, and make stupid faces at the camera? Who are these children? They are. I want to have enough money that I can sit behind the announce desk and make stupid faces at the camera. I'm so envious of these little shits. I know. I I mean, this has recently been a real personal heartache for me. The price of wrestling tickets is insane yes it is now I think, well Ticketmaster like basically has a uh monopoly right now so yeah and it's this like responsive pricing right mm-hmm. so like the prices can fluctuate but i feel like you know there have always been expensive wrestling tickets and i have never been a lady of means but a few i mean it has to be like almost 10 years ago now more than 10 years ago now uh, my then boyfriend and I, who's now my husband, went to a pay-per-view and sat in the second row. And we made no money and it was a minor pay-per-view, but we could make that happen with like some scrimping. Yeah. And like, wow, how the times have changed. So whoever these ungrateful little shits are, I too would like to know about what they're doing for a job because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I looked at tickets for just a regular raw show coming to town mm-hmm. and in that same area they were like $650 a piece yep we not even rec- for the announce desk it was like fifth row back on the like, yeah like, what I recently tried to get my husband uh, wrestling tickets as a gift and it would have been a thousand dollars for the two of us to sit in the first five rows it's like, I mean, we got to sell a lot more podcast ads to be able to afford that shit. Which, I mean, to be fair, today we have none. So <laughs> say, we have to sell any. <laughs> Room to grow. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We're open. Uh, anyway, yeah. Like, I'm also jealous of those kids and I want to know what their parents do for a living so I can do it too. <laughs> yeah. Shall we loop back around to Austin Theory? Yeah, absolutely. He's back. He sure he is walking back. really weirdly to the ring. I don't know if that's how he always walks. And just because he was wearing like jeans, it looked extra weird. But I thought he maybe had to poop. Maybe his pants were tight and he needed to unleash the Kraken. He didn't have a shirt on, but he had a jacket on, which I've always found to be a really strange look. Everything about him is strange. Yeah. Yes. But to go back to what you were saying earlier about... Um, you know, his promo just falling flat, right? Because, like, nobody gives a shit about what he has to say. And there yes. was a part where he's like, who looks stupid now? 
and <laughs> still you and buddy <laughs> everybody in the crowd like i swear the entire arena was like you was in- it he was just, like, beautiful and i think part of it is like he and i don't know maybe this is his like strategy i don't know what you call it but like he didn't engage that at all Mm-hmm. and i feel like real heels will engage the crowd right Right, you turn it back on them. Like mm-hmm. you, you make them laugh in spite of themselves. You kind of own them back. So I don't know. I mean, Seth came out wearing a funeral home curtain outfit, which I loved. He looked amazing in his lace. It was magical. Outfit. It was, it so was absolutely magical. And uh, he looked very um, quaffed, like he was like yeah. freshly side shaven. They both, when they did like a profile shot, they both had like kind of pointy goatee beard situations happening. Mm-hmm. Like their beards were pointing at each other. Symmetry. And uh, Seth challenged him. But in like the coolest, least worried way. Yeah. And Austin's like, uh, I left my stove on. And he kind of scampered off. I'm not a kid. My parents say so. Do what I'm a man I now. Shut up! Leave me alone. Grown, you can't talk to me that way because I'm grown, and also because my dad can beat up your dad. Gonna go look for a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I feel like we did all this painful, painful, awkward work to rehab Austin Theory into someone who isn't just handed stuff, right? And who sees like, who sees what people say about him for the first time. Yeah. Right. And you're going to take him seriously. And he's a man now. And then like, then we just handed him some stuff and had him promo about it in this really butthurt way. And it's like, what, what is happening? Yeah. I mean, he, he was trying to position himself as this like worker, fighter, yes. scrapper. And now he's just like, no, it's mine. I got it now. I keep it. I'm a very special boy who is also a man. Take me serious. It's going to take me so super serious. I'm a serious man. You can't call me a kid because I will send you a letter, an angry letter. You see this belt? It fits around my waist. <clears throat> serious belt. A-Town Down means something in the wrestling world. I don't know what that is, but it means something. Can someone please tell me? If anybody knows. Like, he's Nobody writing. Knows. Austin Theory is writing a weekly letter to dad and he's like, what the fuck does this mean? And why do I have to keep saying it? And dad's like, because I don't like you either. But I guess I do. Austin Theory was 100% not written by women. No, no. He is not kid tested, mom approved. Austin Theory is not for girls. Emily's list does not support him. Austin Theory is not for girls. I Who is Austin Theory for? Zero Michelin stars. Oh, yeah. Zero of ten would not would not dine there again. All the rating systems he's uh... <laughs> Austin, if you listen to this podcast, thank you. Thank you so much for all you've done. But we don't we, like your character. We take you serious in that we serious dislike you. Yes. Shall we move on? Yeah, yeah, we should before this just turns into the Austin Theory is not for anyone podcast. So we finally get to see Miz versus Loomis. It happened. Goes match. Is it anything goes match this? I mean, the same as no DQ. I think so. Yeah. Because, I mean, it seems like the same, right? Mm-hmm. But 
Anything goes has the anything goes has the, you know, the little yeah. element to it. Little Temple of Doom flair. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. First question. Yes. Adam Pierce, the guy talking to the Miz, mm-hmm. calling him on his shit. Who the fuck is this guy? So for a while, he was the GM of Raw. Is he a wrestler? No. He was just like a per- Do you remember when Ron Smackdown used to have general managers? Yeah. He was like yeah. that guy, just like a personality. Okay, so he wasn't like random wrestler that they're like, hey, buddy. No. You're okay on a microphone. Okay. He's just a guy. Him. Okay, uh, second question. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Loomis painted his pants onto his legs? <laughs> because he's feeling himself. Okay? He's just... Feeling himself. He looks so <laughs> He's so frightening and weird. He is. His little black murder gloves. He's so intense. His creepy, like, weird knee drag into the ring. <laughs> yes! His, like, climb out of the ring <laughs> after the... What was that? He really likes dragging those knees around. He likes to slither. I think... So I think like one thing that's been really cool for me lately is that because I've been watching wrestling for a long time, even though I've had some breaks where I didn't, I can see the influences of the wrestlers I like 10, 15, 20 years ago and the wrestlers who are doing things now. Okay. And I think the Dexter Loomis was really inspired by Randy Orton's sort of Viper slither. I feel like um, they should be in a race. <laughs> Just slithering around. <laughs> No one no one takes a first step. They just keep circling each other. Everyone is deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Their knees have become bloodied and <laughs> smearing all over the mat. Do you know what so, I... Oh, go ahead. Well, one thing I did notice that when he wasn't slithering, uh, Dexter's kip-up is super spry. He's very, like... Yeah, he's very springy, like compactly springy. It's just like... He's ding. sudden. He snaps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's. I should have watched to see if he blinked at all during that match. I <laughs> no. feel like I could see him no. not blinking. Like I'm going to be so con- uh, committed to this character, I will never blink. I feel like, I feel like the same dedication, where like, you know, Goldust was like, I'm going to get breast implants to really sell this character, which he obviously didn't do. Dexter Loomis would be like, I'm going to have eyelid surgery so I can't blink anymore. Absolutely really sell this character <laughs> it's like do you remember that movie city of angels that came out in the 90s with nicholas cage oh, and Megan? yeah i do so nicholas cage plays an angel in it and i remember yes. watching something once where he was like i don't think angels would ever need to blink so i never <laughs> blinked he didn't blink that whole movie that's the most nicholas cage thing i've ever heard he might blink once i remember watching it because i had a crush on nicholas cage as a teenager oh i realized what a lunatic he is but yeah now he's just kind of funny, but I also loved Meg Ryan, so it was like a win-win for me. Yeah, I remember really wanting to love that movie, but the ending really, dude, I'm so infuriating I'm so about it. Yes, <laughs> it's worse than one of those. It was all a dream. I mean, like you see her, she's on the bike, and you're like, put your arms down, put your arms down, and look, look where you're going, Meg. Oh my God, open your goddamn eyes, <laughs> your goddamn eyes, Meg Ryan. You have a son to take care of who's going to end up in a great TV show in the future. Don't you go dying on me now. Um, so Ms. Taps, Loomis wins, gets yes. a WWE contract. 
And a designer bag full of cash. And starts handing out $100 bills to children. Yeah, because like he believes in the proletariat. He's going to redistribute the wealth. All those adults with their hands out, I want to be like, get the fuck out of here. First of all, you paid so much money for these seats. Let these children have their $100 bills. Like, and seriously. then when Miz took one <laughs> The greatest moment of the night. <laughs> it really was. It was amazing. I loved it so much. Peak Miz. Absolute <sighs> peak Miz perfection. And he snatched it. Um, it's a bad man. So where do you think they're going to go with Loomis? I mean, I'm so curious about that. I have no... Is he just going to like feud with the Miz for a while? Are we going to keep the home fires burning on this one? Is he going to start bothering other people? I have no idea. I'm assuming he's never going to speak. Yeah. That would ruin the illusion. Right. Because he just like... Didn't he give... He gave the contract guy a thumbs up. He gave the thumbs up. Yeah. It was... uh, it was very much like Orange Cassidy from AEW with his, like, thumbs up. But, you know, a little more creepy because Orange Cassidy's kind of a lovable guy. Dexter Lumis is so creepy. He's deeply off Do you think it's the intensity of the stare? Do you think it's, like, the pseudo-Nazi haircut? Do you think it's the painted-on jeans? Do you think it's the slither? Do you think it's his extremely red neck? <laughs> he does embody the look of Unite the Right. A hundred percent. Like he's the face of QAnon, which, you know, I don't know anything about Dexter Loomis and that feels very unfair to say about him. Um, I think, (laughs) you know what it is? It's that the intensity is so studied. So like it's his expression, it's his stare, like it's the tenseness in his body. Like he's not a human being. (laughs) It's really good the way he does it. Always ready to spring. Always ready to strike. Uh, so, we got to see Candace return. We did, which is wonderful. I'm always excited wonderful. to see Candace LeRae. I will say that I was enraged that they decided to like show Candace attacking Dakota during a commercial. Yeah, like oh, this isn't that important. We're just gonna put Pizza Hut up front real quick. While, like, this Candace return, kicking Dakota's ass as promised, is going on in the background. I was so angry. It makes a lot of sense, right? Like, it's a show for wrestling enthusiasts. So what do you really want to see? The return of Candice LeRae, you know, possibly one of the top five contemporary queens of wrestling, or that box of shit food from Pizza Hut. And I know which one I'm more interested in. (laughs) It's the dresser of bad pizza. A pizza with another pizza. <laughs> I didn't say that right, but I was I was just like I I was so mad. And they do <sighs> I hate like, those commercials when they like side by side it. I hate it. And it's like they did it again actually when Miz was wrestling Loomis, now they think about it, like Yep. Miz had like a vice grip on Loomis's head and it's just like this is the neat stuff that's happening and you're putting a stupid commercial over top of it. I'd much rather we just went to commercial break. Yep, me too. So Candace ends up pinning Dakota. That was a really fun match to watch. They were killing yes. each other. Great um, back and forth. I think they're really well matched for each other. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping they're pushing Candace. I would like them to push Candace. What do you think is going to happen in the future with Candace? You know, I wonder if Candace is going to be one of those wrestlers that kind of has what I like to call the Jeff Hardy curse oh. in that 
you are so well liked by the fans that we don't have to do anything with you. Yeah. Because they're going to be excited. Right? Like they're excited to see you and they buy your merchandise and they love you. So we don't actually have to utilize you. You want to know something interesting? Yeah, I do. Because you mentioned merchandise. So I remember I was bitching because Candice LeRae didn't have any t-shirts in the WWE shop. Mm. She has an entire whole ass web page of her own merch. She's so smart. I know. And she's got some cool shirts, man. We stand an entrepreneurial queen. I love her. I, I love do her too. So much. I adore her. So yeah, I'm hoping there's something for Candace. I'm hoping she doesn't have the Jeff Hardy curse because me too. So much heartbreak I can stand. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll have to tune in and watch. Only time will tell. The final match of the night was the main event, KO versus Jey Uso. Main event, Jey Uso. Main event, Jey. Mm-hmm. I, I like to, when matches start in my brain, I like to kind of like forecast what might happen. And I, I write down my notes because I always like to see how wrong I am. I like that, though. And I said, I wonder if Sammy will interfere, like try to help, and somehow lose the match for Jay. Mm. because to me I know they've like accepted him and they're like happy bros and like I love seeing them all huggy but because of the nature of wrestling and maybe all the television shows I've ever watched in my life it feels like an uneasy piece like it is very fragile and could be broken at any second so I just keep waiting for that to just happen very soon right because I I feel like they've done a very good job of showing how these pieces don't fit easily together Mm mm-hmm so like it's it's exactly what you said. It's an uneasy piece and I don't trust any of them to maintain it. No. This was also a really good match. Absolutely. It was fantastic. I mean, it's an event, but like they were so great together. I could watch them wrestle forever as well. Yeah, I would never get sick of this. Um I f- so I remember we were talking last week and I was like the bloodline are at the top of the mountain and they got to come down. Maybe not. Maybe they don't. You know, maybe they just stay there. Maybe KO works his way through them all. Yeah, like he kills every single one of them like Michael Myers. And makes Sammy watch every time. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. Did you notice, so there's this thing they do sometimes when a match starts. They put up this little, like, graphic on the side of the screen. And it'll have some information Oh, yeah. About the wrestler. Yeah. So sometimes it's like super boilerplate stuff like five-time champion or, you know, yeah. whatever. But sometimes they're also really random. Like one of them once was like, Mustafa Ali used to be a cop. Or this guy used to be married to Tamina. So the one they put up when <laughs> KO came out was like the meanest thing I've ever seen. It said, Sami Zayn chose the bloodline over KO at War Games. <laughs> Damn! I guys. saw the other things because I was like signature moves, pop up power bomb, and something else, but I didn't see that part. I'm going to be a bitch about it. I think I know who's taking whose side here. Yeah, yeah. Oh I just God, that kind of got that. me. That's really funny. <laughs> Rub it in, salt Rub in the wound. Ko wins that match. Okay, well, Ko wins life. He does. I am, I'm sorry, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if it comes down to it, like it really comes down to it, and I had to choose the Usos or KO. It's tough. At this point, I don't know. If 
five years ago you asked me ko right but now i don't know yeah i feel like man i feel like the usos are so good and especially jay throughout this whole ordeal with sammy has like really endeared himself to me yes so i so one of my greatest regrets and we've talked about this a little before is that i miss that whole rivalry between roman and jay Mm -hmm. and like so i know where we are now i wish i had gotten to see that because i feel like it would have been so good so i can't choose between the usos and ko yeah i guess i'm just gonna have to let fate decide that's where i'm at right now too and by fate i mean dad (laughs) who i don't trust anymore so kind of like fate yeah exactly that's good Mm -hmm. uh we learned through at some point next week there is a championship match on the line the usos versus elias and matt riddle yeah Elias is sort of reluctantly partnering with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle is enthusiastically partnering with Elias. He's very excited. He's very (laughs) amped up. Elias, I think, is going to use Matt to get a champion. I don't, I think that's what he's hoping to do. I don't see them unseating the Usos. I swear to fucking God, if these two motherfuckers unseat the Usos and New Day didn't do it, I'm going to throw the entire WWE into the street. Uh, we will riot at midnight if that is the case. <laughs> I think be the worst. Do you know what I kept thinking about, though? It's like, what have we been through all this time where Jay has been like, Sammy's the problem. Sammy's the weak link. Sammy's the problem. And now Jay has finally embraced Sammy. And Jay lost to KO this week. And now we're going to the tag match. And what if, even if they don't lose, like, what if they almost lose and it's because of Jay and then, like, Sammy pulls them out of it somehow or something? And it would be very Roman to be like, you know, you had such a big mouth about Sammy, but here we it are. It would be so Roman. Because he definitely looks for reasons to, like, want to shit on his team members. Well, it's like, okay, so there's a great contrast between what he did at Survivor Series and what Bianca did, right? Like, she's the first woman in the ring. She leads by example, right? Like, she takes the hardest part for herself. Mm -hmm. Roman does the exact opposite because he's a terrible leader and it's all about what other people can do for him. So, like, he has to keep wearing them down so that they're dependent on him to be, like, the head of the table. He sat in a chair in the cage. (laughs) Like an utter asshole. I loved it thought it was great i'm resting it's like i'm tired carrying all of you on my broad broad shoulders is quite the workout all right i need to sit (laughs) that's a really good point i like that um i was gonna say dichotomy dichotomy is not the right word but i like the comparison that you drew between them i didn't think of it that way that's really good i just i wonder what's gonna happen now like things are not gonna be peaceful in the bloodline no, no, I, no, I don't see them being like, oh, everything's no. great for a while. United no. front. I don't see that happening. Not at all. And will Solo always be happy being the enforcer of the family? Solo just wants to not be hugged. That's true. Leave Avoid him off the hug list at the holidays. Avoid hugs at all costs. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to add about any of these three shows? 
I don't, just that it's been another really great week in wrestling with one glaring exception that I'm willing to overlook because everything else was so good. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm back in, I'm really taking wrestling serious again. And it (laughs) (laughs) That's because you're a woman now. You're not a kid. I'm not that little girl anymore. (laughs) Help me find my shirt. I hope he finds a shirt eventually. Well, this has been Wrestling is for Girls. You can find us on our website, wrestlingisforgirls.com, where you can find older episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at WIFGirlsPod. And you can find other episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you soon.